Welcome to the Drunk Guys <laughs> Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women. And if the beer fits, we'll take a shit. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. We're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading a Patreon-selected punishment book, If I Did It, by O.J. Simpson and some ghostwriter who really needed the money. Uh, but I'm starting with a beer. Fuck it. I am too. Fuck you guys. Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna I'm not two beers right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't black out. So um, the the first I don't know fifteen percent of the book is the is by the ghostwriter who basically just says, "Hey, I regret writing this too." But he talks a lot about the business deals with the publisher and Fox, and then that was that fell through. But they probably could have maybe they should have gone to CBS. <laughs> <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> so dumb. Oh, I, well, I mine is this. equally dumb. <laughs> I was drinking this the other day. I was like, I got Oh, that's it. Uh, what could I do for the OJ Simpson book? And then so CBS is a news channel. There you go. I'll save one. <laughs> founder of CBS. Nate, what did you pick then? Oh, okay. What? So mine is equally dumb. So OJ also means juice. And he jumped people. So could you call him a juice jumper by Fifth Hammer? <laughs> That's what it yes, is. Yes, you could. Although I do have a and funny story. he was a story. sportsman. He was. He jumped. He jumped a lot. He, he could have jumped at times. He definitely jumped. So I originally thought of this book a couple years ago when I went to the beer store. and one you of wanted the be- to vomit. <laughs> and one of the beers they had was called OJ. And I was like, oh, I forget who it's by. Who, who makes that? And I was like, huh, what book would go with that? I know if I did it by O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Unfortunately, I could not find that beer at the store right now. So I had to pick something else. Well, I'm drinking orange soda because that's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what year did this piece of shit come out? Like 2007? Something like that? Yeah, but it was written in like 2003. In crayon. Was it that long? Uh-huh. I, thought it was, I thought it was... Uh, it doesn't matter at all. Who cares? So, nope. Um, so this was a pathetic <laughs> scam for O.J. Simpson to make money. This was the really inane ramblings of a narcissist and a bunch of greedy people around him. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, the Fox Publishing Company was not... They were like, we're not above it. And they <laughs> went along with it, too. And they were going to have a whole TV special. And then afterwards, Ruben Murdoch was like, that was probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. And but for if him I did to it, say it, it wasn't a yeah. good idea, it must really not have been a good idea. <laughs> Yikes. So uh, the first part is, the, is there's a ghostwriter who I looked him up, and he makes a, he like talks to me. He's like, I was tired of being you know, uh, uh, a screenplay, a screenwriter, because it's such a, you know, it's a hard thing to do. And, well, that uh, he was tired of having know. a screen right, screenplays not being made into actual movies, which I believe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. Oh, I, know, I looked when, him up. If I was that I was like, bad at screenwriting, was I would be Fenvis. annoyed by that too. It's <laughs> the only true thing in this book. Well, Pablo Fenvis is the. It's just an anagram for O.J. Simpson. <laughs> uh. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually it's an anagram for "Don't Return Sunglasses," but his his uh, main credit is a movie called "The Affair" from 1995. I was like, should I know what that is? And I looked it up, and it was a 1995 TV film starring Courtney B. Vance, 
who I think would later play Johnny Cochran in one of the OJ movies. So it was kind of like, holy shit, kismet. Yeah, I think he didn't he play that one in the FX one? I think he did. Wow, that must have been wild. Also, according to the preface, this guy, whoever it is, testified for the prosecution at OJ's trial. Yeah. But he just testified, like, I heard noises that sounded like stabbing or something like that. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't actually remember the, the trial because I was a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember this being, a, like, a year of, of this shit that my dad was obsessed with it. And it was on the news constantly. And then the verdict, like, I was like, holy shit, did he do it? Like, I, I mean, it took me a while to realize it wasn't orange juice, the <laughs> product that had killed people. <laughs> but... I was like seven or whatever it was. But this was a huge fucking deal. Nate, remember we worked with a woman who was a little older than us, who uh, she told us that her high school had all the kids in the us and come to an assembly to watch the verdict. <laughs> so I actually think I did too. Oh, Jesus. So they were like, this I is remember. what a black person looks like, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody so, in the one-room schoolhouse got together in front I of the radio. In, I was in middle school, and I remember, like, some teacher, like, had a, had a TV with cable, so we could actually, like, see something that was on TV. And I remember, like, leaving the, my classroom and going to a different, I think it was sixth grade, and then going to a different classroom to watch it live on TV. I, though I'm also like wondering, was this a different thing I was for? No, I think this was it. I think it was the OJ verdict and literally watching it live in school. That's, that's insane. It is. It wasn't an assembly. It was just kind of like, hey, the teacher across the hall has a TV. Let's go watch it. That, that was a that teacher was... who had a hangover. And like, I don't have a fucking lesson ready. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. Let's see if this is crazy enough to work. So they were actually a student teacher. Oh, yeah. I remember they, who it is. They, they were they were doing their student teaching, so like definitely hungover. Yeah. <laughs> I do not remember that woman's name, but she was a student teacher. No. First year teacher? Something like that. Anyway, so I remember actually watching it live. I don't remember any of I remember it being a thing. I don't remember seeing any of it. I honestly didn't know much about like the actual stuff that happened. Until I read this fucking book. I still, I still don't know much of what happened because none of it is in this book. No. <laughs> yeah, very little in this book reminded me of anything I thought I knew about the OJ trial. Because and now I kind of don't know what to believe, except I know not to believe this. That I know. Uh, not this. So there's just two notes I want to get, before we get to the actual book. In the introduction, two things that, that caught my, my eye. I read this actually really carefully. Uh, because I didn't want to read Ulysses. And so <laughs> there, there's a part where he's like really critical. The guy who is ghostwriting OJ's murder memoir. And uh, he was um, like, oh. Fictional. Hypothetical right. murder memoir, Mike. Yeah. That's a niche job. We don't want to get sued. And he goes, no, how should they, they should all be thinking about it. He's like, Harper Collins and News Corps. Oh, they had taken everything to a new low. I wondered where they'd been when the networks capitalized on John Bonnet Ramsey and the Menendez brothers and Jeffrey Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy and dozens of other sweeps week winners. It's like, wait, you're, you're part of this. 
you agreed to be the ghostwriter. And you're like, but hey, man, I didn't want to put it in prime time. Like he has, this whole book is about him trying to clear his conscience that he Books was part of this. literature, so it's okay. But then he gets upset later <laughs> on when fucking he gets, someone gives him a hard time. Someone's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Oh, it's the New Yorker. And the New Yorker misquotes him or something like that. But did you see which New Yorker writer it was that stops returning his calls? Jeffrey Tubin. It was, it oh, was Tubin, Jeffrey yeah. Tubin. He's like, Jeffrey <laughs> Tubin stopped answering my calls. Like, yeah, because he was jerking it. Like, he was, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, who masturbated? He's like, well, if I did it, I would have definitely done it on Zoom. <laughs> it's a stroke of genius. Okay. So that that's the introductions. Then about... Literally 10% of the book is gone now with this guy just being like, I'm really, I feel bad. Everyone was a villain. I am also a victim. <laughs> <laughs> no one was a bigger victim in this whole thing than me. Yeah. The ghost or the guy who they couldn't take his money from <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> I didn't try to look very hard, but I, am, I do wonder how much he got paid to write this shit. The pu- actual publishing of the book was like very difficult because he like ghost wrote it and then it had a publication had a publication date and then people found out about it and were like hey what the fuck and then the estate of ron goldman sued so okay do you remember how oj was found not guilty but then civilly what he was so he (laughs) (laughs) really with that mountain of evidence (laughs) but then the but then the estate of of nicole brown and Ron Goldman sued and they and OJ lost. It's partly because the standard of evidence in a civil trial is lower than that of a criminal trial. And so he was More found crimi- like crim- criminals he was found, beyond a reasonable doubt. And was, in civil is like fifty one percent is good enough. Yes. <laughs> and so OJ was found civilly liable, which means f- six years later or four five years later when OJ tried to publish this the estate of Ron Goldman sued and won and literally won ownership over this book, which means they had to visit because this was before like eBooks existed. They physically like confiscated the pre-printed copies of the book. And so all proceeds from the book since then have actually not gone to OJ at all. They've gone to, at least from what I understand, they've gone to the the estate of, yeah, the the, the show company he was going to set up. They, They actually went to Ron Goldman or the estate. Because Nicole Brown's family didn't file paperwork correctly for something, so they couldn't yeah. get in on it. And then they just, that's the whole last part of the book is a guy oh, okay. talking I didn't, about that. I didn't read that part, but I did hear it, about it, it. it. I learned way more about fucking civil lawsuits than I needed to. It's a lot of legal shit. And the laziest shell company I've ever seen. It's like when you make a shell company in a movie and the guy's like, what if it's my initials but backwards, ink? And it's like, no one will ever figure that out. <laughs> it was like his kids' middle names. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, at least try. It would have been fucking awesome. It was like, this is the Ron Goldman Fund. <laughs> Just confuse everybody. <laughs> what are they about? And like, why is, he, is he trying to own up to that? I don't know. Let's see where it goes. <laughs> but basically because of law so oj's main residence surprisingly when oj was found not guilty his neighbors weren't cool with it and so he had to leave his ritzy part of california and he relocated to florida and of course because of, the only because, state <laughs> oh it was it was a smart move for him financially because there his primary residence couldn't be seized and used for um 
paying off this lawsuit. So he could still live in a mansion or whatever. I'm sure he has a, you know, I don't know if it's a mansion quite, but I'm sure it's a very nice home. And his main source, his only income is his pension, which can't be used to pay, which cannot be seized as well. So he's making like, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from his uh, NFL pension. <laughs> and he gets to live in the house free. So he has paid a zero penny, zero cents to that civil lawsuit. And it accumulates interest. And he's like, fuck him, I don't care. <laughs> he's a, well, he's you'd be surprised now, that a, a double murder, oh, he's out now, but a double murder. Is he out again? Yeah, he did. Well, is he in, was he in again? I know he did time for beating up dudes to take his memorabilia back or something. Ultimately, Ron Goldman's estate gets control of the book, and they publish it, and uh, that was the end of the book. So what does O.J. say? So while O.J. starts off, oh, actually, one more thing from the introduction. The main guy, he sets up another nice thing where it's like, you know, it was the weirdest arrangement. I've ghostwritten other books. O.J. got to keep all of the tapes. (laughs) They were his property. And then his lawyer in front of me destroyed them. Which may be true, but what it really does is it makes it so the guy can be like, hey, you can't blame me for anything. If I said it and OJ denies it, it's because OJ's lawyers did it, and this is the truth, this is what I wrote, and it's my word against OJ's word, and I am not a double murderer. <laughs> Please believe me. And that's basically how it ends. That's like what he ends with. So you go into OJ's account knowing, who, nobody, this is complete, completely untrustable. This is just nonsense. Buckle in. And it reads OJ's like OJ just dictated it into a tape recorder. Like, it is not, it, it, like, what did the ghostwriter even do? Was he just a stenographer? He gave it OJ's voice. Allegious, he, um, which is he stupid. He added some, <laughs> a stupid voice. some choice cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Some, some he took parts a stab he at to, it. Yeah. He had to cut some parts out. <laughs> so, I mean, this 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 book, uh, even if it wasn't about him murdering people, which the premise of this of the premise of this is, he came to this and said, "Hey, I'm going to write the memoirs, and I was going to write a fictional account of if I'd murdered them, this is how I would have done it." Which, from the get go, is an insane premise it doesn't but that's make also, any sense but that's also not what this book is oh no it's not this book is also that's, not that yeah it's, yeah that's that's why this got one star um because he lied I, I, yet I, again I, i'm gonna give it a four and a half stars it's some of the best fiction writing <laughs> but it's not even well it's not a good fiction right this is oh, the no, story it's, of it's, oj the nicest man in the world who just tried so hard to get his wife to not get killed by a stranger and for her to not he tried so hard for his wife to not be a crazy bitch. That's really a his crazy drug addled serial like Whore. swinger fucker. Yeah. So the first really like three quarters of the of OJ's actual section, you know, other than the preface and then the stuff from the lawyers and the at last the end, fifteen the last seventeen percent, which is really lawyers. like and which is and two thirds, <laughs> at least two thirds or seventy five percent of the part that OJ wanted to actually write is really just his relationship with Nicole. Before we get to that, there's one thing in the intro that is very important for the, you know, the, the reason everyone reads this book, is 
like I think it was was it the the Ghostwriter talking to OJ who was like, you know, just based on the things that happened, it couldn't have been just you. It had to be someone else there. And OJ's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, what if we called him Charlie? And you're like, what are you people talking about? You're just making shit up now. And yeah, like, it, that doesn't make it, any sense. Hope that doesn't apply to the book later. It was the guy's attempt to convince OJ to talk, I think. Because OJ yes. was like, oh, I don't really want to talk about that. And I was like, well, dude, that's the only reason we're fucking here. Also, you said this is a fictional thing. So, like, is it or is it not? Because the entire book, besides the murder part, is written like he didn't do it. Which is not the premise <laughs> of the book called If I Did It. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like what the fuck is like if they had just done that chapter differently it would have been the same. if if this if they took that chapter of the murder out it would have just been called the it would have been called I didn't do it and the rest of the book would have been exactly the same yep okay yeah. so mo the beginning part <laughs> i mean really like most of it is just oj talking about his relationship with nicole and like chapter 1 is him divorcing his first wife and while he's literally about she got to di- lucky, about, that one. About to divorce. Yeah, <laughs> she got out. <laughs> she was lucky. She was the lucky one. Uh, she got, uh, while he's about to divorce his first wife, he meets Nicole, who's like, a, who's, like, who's like 18, and she's a waitress at a restaurant, and she's super hot. And he's like, hey. And that's how he meets her. And then they're together for 17 years until he kills her. So <laughs> tell us what you thought. Uh, Allegedly. <laughs> No, I will say it. He absolutely murdered that woman. Yes, every, <laughs> everyone knows he killed her. You know, one, one of my favorite O.J. Simpson jokes was uh, shortly after like, Norm MacDonald, who just made ridiculous O.J. jokes the whole trial because he was on Weekend Update. But years later, he's like, I don't know what anyone's talking about. The only thing O.J.'s guilty of is being the greatest running back of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he Which, even is that. <laughs> No, he absolutely is. Uh, he is, is he? I have no he idea. Has some un, he has a couple of unbreakable records. Um, like most wives beheaded? Uh, <laughs> well, no, no, he's not even close to Henry. Uh, <laughs> just, just, NFL. NFL. just NFL. NFL most wives beheaded. I mean, he's got to be at least tied for first. I don't know anyone that has more than one. <laughs> he's also probably on the leaderboard for most waiters killed. But he... Uh, Ooh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> So my favorite OJ joke is also from Saturday Night Live, and I think it's from shortly after the OJ verdict, where Tim Meadows plays OJ oh, I know back on, you know, NFL like Sports Monday Center or whatever, or whatever yeah. it is, and he's like come, you know, commentating an NFL game, and they like cut to him. And he has the little thing where you can draw out the play, you know? So the quarterback goes over here, and then this running back goes over here. But he spells out through, like, this guy goes down here, and that guy goes up there. He spells out, I did it, but not in the wrong order. It's, like, (laughs) fucking brilliant. (laughs) Well, the first chapter, he talks about meeting her. And it's really, there's a couple of great lines that are incredible. One where his new mother-in-law warns him about his wife to be. <laughs> She's like, do you know? Do you know what I'm talking, what quote this is? Where his wife gains like six pounds and she's all bitchy. <laughs> He's like, because she was I, pregnant. Yes, it's yeah. funny, but suddenly I'm remembering what Nicole's mother told me on the very first day we met. Quote: Don't let Nicole gain weight. She's miserable when she gains weight. 
So in his way of building his, you know, case, he's like, listen, I'm not the crazy bitch who got fat. She did. And her, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a thing he just has to tell us. Yeah. He had to let us know that she was crazy because she gained weight. So he had to kill her after she her, lost the weight. If she was thinner, her belly wouldn't have went into my knife. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But then there's other stuff like in the chapter where they get into some sort of fight and he's like, listen, I just had to restrain her from hitting me or something. Yeah, she would get very aggressive and hit him and he would um, hold her so that she wouldn't be able to I, assault I, him. I, I highlighted that quote. Oh, good, yes. Which one? Because it happens right. a few times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't hit her. But it's possible she hurt herself while we were scuffling. <laughs> she ran into my knife. Said she like ran a into true my knife gentleman. ten times. It's like that thing when you're being a dick to your little brother and you're smacking them in the face with their own hand. Yeah. Quit hitting yourself. <laughs> Quit hitting yourself. <laughs> he did that to her. Yeah. He didn't hit her. Because at this point, like they someone calls she calls the cops and you know, he because of the the machinations of women and the justice system, he gets charged with domestic violence. And for the rest of his life, he's like, you know, you hit, and every time after that, the cops come. He's like, yeah, of course. You know, you hit your wife once, and you're a wife beater. Like you choke yes, one bitch. Yeah, you 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 are a wife beater, dude. That's what you did. Yep. But he's, I like the part where they, they get into a fight, and he's like, that happens all the time. It's one of those things that happens in all relationships. Like, is it? Is it one of those things that happens in all relationships? That yeah, sometimes you, uh, you are called, the police are called when you are uh, hitting your wife's car in the driveway with a bat because she won't stop yelling at you. That's what all couples go through. But then the they let him go. Itch. They let him go because he, quote, I didn't have a history of abuse, but man, he had a promising future. So, <laughs> definitely to his potential. I got potential, coach. Just trust put, me. Put me in. <laughs> so then uh, it goes on through their marriage, and they get divorced. And or do they ever actually like get divorced? Two. Yeah, they, they get they get eventually divorced, and that's and like he, fifteen years later. I think like, they like separate. But they, never... they get divorced, okay. and then they try it again afterwards, which was fine, whatever. You know, they're going to get back together for the kids. But did you, the greatest detail of the story, the one where you know, or maybe it's put there, you know what, maybe he's telling the truth. He gets a new girlfriend, and her name is uh, Paula. Do you remember what Paula's job was? She was a swimsuit model. She was a Hawaiian tropic model. Yeah. She's a model for like tanning oil so she must have horrible skin cancer now and i looked her up she's a morning christian now oh well she also she also wrote a book about my time with oj and it's like called the other woman because anybody who met oj wrote a book in the late 90s to try to cash in on this fucking service. should have called it breakfast for dinner yeah I'm just <laughs> <laughs> i got juiced too um but so she the juice ain't worth the squeeze come on people <laughs> this juice is the pits no maybe this uh, juice has bitter, pulp in it bitter juice <laughs> uh but anyway she, so there's a part where he has he's got her up in his bedroom and then he has a very odd relationship with his housekeepers as if they're his confidants like yeah. the housekeeper leans in as if she's you know um like uh, the 
Clemenza in The Godfather and whispers to OJ and he's like, oh, no, I'll never let them talk Ming. to you like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so like a woman comes to visit and I forget who it was. But it, was it was like a, two of his friends are downstairs. But right? it's but it, no, it's like a, a fucking someone comes and he almost bangs that person too. And then he realized, like, the housekeeper's like, hey, OJ, you got some fucking half-naked woman in your room waiting for you. He's had, like, three rounds of drinks in the living room. He just left her up in his bedroom. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, yeah, I was going to fuck that girl. So OJ puts in here, the night he almost had a threesome, he tells us that. He is like, I, I, got to, I have to review... Because this is how you know he's an honest man, because if he was a liar, he would have had the threesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just put that's it in his book. what makes every, this book credible. Yes, every time that they, you know, separate, uh, he is uh, banging a model within the day, like every time. Well, he was he was you know a major spokesperson for car rentals. For he would go to them like, hey, hurts. hurts. <laughs> that, that's not on brand. Hurts, don't it? Hurts exactly. <laughs> Check out my naked gun, thirty three and a half inches around. But it's clearly he's playing around and he's... Oh, no, I didn't... Oh, fuck, I picked the wrong beer up. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'll wait for this later then. Well, I would like to tell you uh, my favorite part of the entire book. Um, because the order doesn't matter because this book is dumb. And it's fake. Uh, oh, and wildly fake, yes. Uh, whenever they're broken up, Nicole still keeps calling him and treats him as like, her best friend and confident. And he's, you know, always trying to guide her through life, and she's getting mixed up with bad crowds and people who are smoking reefer and, you know, getting into tomfoolery. Um, but she's That's just real like, bad apples. you know, I, I just, I'm trying to do better. Because she, she was always like, I want my own friends, OJ. They're not just people who like me because I'm your wife. And, you know, she's struggling on her own. She's struggling a lot. And so she calls him one night. She's crying. And she says, this is my will, word for word, she said. And she quoted directly from the document, OJ. Please remember me from early in our relationship oh, uh, yeah. before I became so unhappy and so bitchy. <laughs> remember how much I truly love and adore you. <laughs> she wrote in her will, I'm sorry I was such a bitch, OJ. That's absolutely true, OJ. Thank you for that detail. And this was like, and so that was one thing, but this, this kind of <laughs> recurred for about half the book, whereas like it's the whole Nicole <laughs> wanted a divorce, but then according to OJ, it regrets it. And constantly calls him and says, oh, everything was my fault. I was just having issues. Oh, this was all me. So imagine, just for a second, it's not OJ. You've got the situation where a, ma- where a man, a married man, his wife divorces him. And then his wife calls him and says, oh, I'm sorry. Everything was my fault. Can't we get back together? I want to say, not only did that not happen to OJ, that has never happened ever. <laughs> to any divorced man that is i'm sure that is what every divorced man imagines you know that is imagines in their mind you know what it has never happened even once yeah. i'm sorry and definitely was, not was, to oj definitely I not on to my, OJ. i was on my period for not the last nine years of our marriage <laughs> and i was a real bitch about it it's okay honey i forgive you and she's like i didn't suck your dick enough yeah these are the fantasies of a man who is crazy but Right around this time in the book, she's going to therapy. Oh, yeah. And she also allegedly calls him up, and she's like, they, the therapists and her friends and family, 
they're trying to convince me I'm a victim of abuse. Oh, yeah. I highlighted that, too. <laughs> it's like, it's like those people are bad. Get them out of your life. Don't believe, or more like, don't believe their lies. Or more like everyone around Nicole is trying to convince Nicole to say she's been abused. But Nicole is like, I wasn't abused. Why would they say that? And I'm going to call you, OJ, and definitely tell you what everyone is telling me to say about you. <laughs> Which also definitely never happened. Do you remember, oh. uh, constantly through the book, people are warning him that Nicole's hanging with a bad crowd. Do you remember, he's like, I was in the middle of shooting the third Naked Gun movie when Anna Nicole Smith's stand-in, who was hey, a prostitute, was by the way, was like, yeah. by the way, your ex-wife <laughs> is hanging out with some bad people. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, he really, he really shames that poor stand-in. He's like, she was a dirty whore. How could she know anything? <laughs> really the, crowd, the crowd was so who bad, was? Nicole's friends, that this dirty prostitute had heard about it and had to let well, him he down. says, this, like, how, why am I hearing about this from a call girl? He's like, what, a, what decade is this? And I, I don't know if this story is real. In fact, it probably wasn't. But if it was real, this woman is trying to like help him out. And he's like, yeah, she was a whore. Meh. I have to imagine that Shut she made mouth. more money being a call girl in Hollywood than being a stand-in. Well, OJ's well, response. Well, that was her day job. <laughs> Got to sleep during the day. His response to her is like, listen, I'm not paying you to talk. <laughs> But yeah, he gets he he slut shames the the sex worker, <laughs> yeah. his wife, who's apparently hanging out with a tough crowd. But he's like, "Well, I have to hear about it from this other untouchable." And then they just go through. Then they begin the um, part of trying to work it out they, to try to zombify their marriage by dating for a while. And he and he does what any man in his position would do, right? If he's telling the truth, any man who had a crazy wife who he divorced and he had a prenup, so he kept his money, he dumps the bikini model to go back with the ex-wife. Right. That made sense, OJ. I believe you. For a, a year. Guy. They have to stay together for a year. They have. They wore promise rings <laughs> or something. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, for a fleeting moment, he thinks it could work. This could have worked at any point in the book, but I finished the other beer. And this is Fleeting Moment from Treehouse. And it is an imperial milk stout with coffee, chocolate, maple syrup. How the fuck? What's that country Sri Lanka used to be called? Ceylon? Yes. I have no idea. Wow, okay. <laughs> Ceylon. Ceylon. Ceylon V. Ceylon cinnamon and Vietnamese cinnamon. Wow, there's a lot of commies. Um, <laughs> I didn't know there were different types of cinnamon, but oh my God. Oh God, geez, that's a lot of them. Fuck. My, oh God. Speaking of different types of cinnamon. It's too much. There are many different types of people that help us out by making us read this shit. Oh, that's right. Because this book was selected by our patrons because every month they get to pick one book that we let them pick from a few to vote on. So well, we handle the primary yeah. process. We primary everything. And, uh, With our big caucus. Yeah. <laughs> and so they voted for this. So if you want to also vote and hurt us, usually, usually it hurts. Um, if I'm being honest, it usually hurts. We've finished all the good books that are out there. There's only trash it's left. Only, that's why we're reading If I Did It. <laughs> we've <laughs> we read probably, everything else. <laughs> We could probably stop the podcast now. I can't imagine it's going to get better than if I did it by O.J. Simpson. 
Um, but yeah, so unless yeah, unless he comes out, I did it by O.J. Simpson. That would that would top <laughs> this. <laughs> yes, he can only top himself like a gay Ouroboros. Um, <laughs> but also on the episodes where we do the voting bowl book book doing the voting book. I don't have words good. Um, my brain's not doing good today. I have COVID right now. Uh, we we uh, shout out those patrons. So and some of them have terrible names. I weep for their parents and their cruelty. But um, so I thank you to these people. That. Yeah, yeah. Usually, thank those fine people, Jimmy. Thanking the people. Here we go. Okay, I want to say thank you to. Mr. Slotch, Meep, Brandon, Poutang Clan, Dr. Don Kedick, MD, Black Rabbit of Inlay, I Fondle Models, Avery, Humid Oyster, Kevin O'Irish, Linda, Nathaniel, Thick Richard III, Frederick, William, Derek, Carol, Yolanda. Dog owners are teaching their pets to play bass since the only way Nate won't notice them. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. That that gets both of you losers. Uh, if service dogs are allowed everywhere, why does Nate keep getting thrown out of places when he has dogs service him? <laughs> oh no! Oh. Nate, uh. you little sissy boy, deaf leopard sucks. I don't. Know. Are you a deaf leopard fan? I, I don't know. <laughs> Definitely, I've defer, deaf leopardly never said deaf leopard sucks. That le- deaf leopard is good. So that's a tongue twister. Yes, but but when you've seen a dog penis, you've thought pour some sugar on that. <laughs> so. uh, Tyler, Grace, Catherine, Colton, our first Japanese patron, Makunt <laughs> Izichi. <laughs> I wish I could change my name every time. I wish I could remember to change my name every month the same way Nate remembers where all the cameras are in Petco. Still? Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Zafod, Joe P, Hayden, Emotional Support Burrito, and CL. Thanks, fine people. <laughs> Thanks, some of you. That was, thank you, for, thank you for all that, everyone. That was truly terrible and nice. Can and I just say, fuck some of you. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> Speaking of that, that's what OJ usually said to strangers he met because <laughs> he seems to really uh, he seems to really get it in whenever he's not uh, tied down by his crazy ex Nicole. The worst thing to ever happen slash best thing to ever happen to him to this perfect man who's never done a thing wrong in his life, according to him and only him. And well, the book, book, you know, this book is is a masterclass in foreshadowing because you know he says like I only had a hi- I never had a history of abuse. And he goes, oh, she was starting to act a little crazy. And there's even the part where he's like, I almost had a threesome. Wouldn't be the wildest night he had with two people. Uh, that's I think, I think they up. were like kind of known as swingers back in the day also. OJ and his wife? Yeah. If that's true, it wasn't in this book. But I, yeah. I mean. There are myths and legends that he is one of the Kardashians' father. You know, the one that doesn't look like the other two. So you can't really tell with all the surgery anyway these days. Oh, the the one, the big one, the one that was like <laughs> the a pug. Was with, the one who was with uh, Lamar Odom for a while. I have no idea. Probably I don't know their names because I I really want to wish. Th- I hope they don't exist. Yes. I hope we could all wake up from this fucking national nightmare where where we listen to these people. It was really um, funny though seeing that 
you know, Robert Kardashian in this book over and over again and thinking like, this was no one back then. This is the second worst thing he did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was also crying all the time like a little bitch. <laughs> it's like, oh, OJ, what's going to happen to you? I need you to fuck my wife in front of me, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Also, like any documentary about this, I was like, and there's Robert Kardashian, you know, father of those whores, and he's a lawyer. But in OJ's like, Bobby K, Bobby K, like he's like super familiar with him. Yeah, and he's he super one of the actual everybody. lawyers, right? He's just like a friend. No, he was he was part of the team. In fact, if you go back and watch the uh, the verdict, go watch the faces of the attorneys. <laughs> go watch their faces. They're like, shocked. I can't believe that fucking worked. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> holy shit. I'm better than I thought. Like they, if you could have like a microphone under those chairs, you'd hear the biggest collective unclenching there has been in years. Oh, some of them probably flat out shit. <laughs> Just a floodgate of molasses came out of them. So um, they go through this long period of trying to get back together, but it's immediately apparent from OJ's very honest portrayal of this that she's a crazy woman. And she's also now become a junkie somehow, sort of. But it never says what drug she does. She's just partying too much. So she needs to go to, you know, nose rehab, probably. And he's like, just stop being a dirty whore, Nicole. And she's like, I love you, OJ, so much. You fucking dick. And that's their conversations for a year. Also, I love all those transcripts of 911 calls where he's like, this is what they say. But this is what I was actually doing on the other end of those 911 calls oh, that are totally yeah. biased towards me, biased against me. When he does the, like, alternate, it's like, fool. <laughs> but for, uh... I didn't say, I'm going to fist you to death. I said, I'm going to kiss you to death. He said, I'm leaving here with my kids, not with my fists, or something like that. And I, yeah, what? I was like, what, what even the mean? fuck? But he's trying to break down a door... You know what was actually impressive in those transcript passages is the 911 operator who's asking the dumbest fucking questions when they're like, uh, ma'am, is he actively lighting you on fire right now? And she's like, no, he's just beating down the door and my kids are going to wake up. He's like, uh, are, the, are the children in the room? Like, what the fuck? These questions were inane. But he's like, no, it was, I had just eaten a very hot, hot pocket. I couldn't speak clearly, so I was yelling. Oh, the Alex Jones defense. <laughs> is that an Alex Jones defense? Do you remember it from his trial when he was trying to get uh, custody of his hot, kids? Big, he had a hot, he had, hot pocket? No, he said he had a big bowl of chili, and it was so big that he forgot his kids' names. <laughs> <laughs> Who hasn't been He there? said that on the stand at his own trial. <laughs> Well, you know, I had a big bowl of chili, and uh, I couldn't even run. Dude, I like you're joking, but that's exactly what he said and how it sounded. It was like a custody hearing. It was like I like I got I love my kids. Like, what are their names? Like, uh, uh, oh, sorry, I had a, I had a big bowl of chili for lunch. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, I can we go to recess? That was pretty bad. I'm having some vapor trails. <laughs> I got a chemtrail coming out right now. <laughs> this isn't going to turn the frogs gay. It's going to straight up kill them. Uh, did you? 
un- unrelated uh, to uh, anything, but I did he- learn this this week, Jimmy, of quotes from people that I know you love. I heard the most, maybe you know this already, the most amazing excerpt from Jordan Peterson's first book, My- Wait, Maps of it? Meaning. Maps of Meaning. No, I, I, when I he talks about it. the dream with his grandma. Oh, God. I This oh. does sound familiar, but... Where it's like his grandmother, in a dream, he meets her by a river, and she like rubs a fistful of pubes in his face. Oh, God, yes. I do remember this, yeah. And he's like, no, Granny, no. <laughs> she's like, you want it. It's bloody good. And he's like... <laughs> like what does this well, mean? It's like, well, no, don't tell the, anyone you dream that, The pubis is known. <laughs> and then he's like, so I gave in to Grandma's pubes. <laughs> Uh, I'll send it to you later. Nate. I sadly <laughs> do remember that dream. I Sorry, I missed it. Prophecy. I'm sure we'll have to you read that one hope. day. I, I did when I heard that. I was like, maybe, maybe this this wouldn't be a punishment enough because <laughs> <laughs> that would bring joy to everybody to read that passage. <laughs> <laughs> the time his grandma smacked him in the face with what he describes it as a paintbrush of pubes. How he avoided saying paintbush, I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> they were long and silken. Um, anyway, so, so you finally get yeah. to the chapter anyone cares about called The Night in Question. Un- no one's questioning any of it, by the way. <laughs> no, uh, but that's what the chapter is called. <laughs> and immediately you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because he goes, he starts with like, oh, and my friend Charlie, just so I, oh, so I, he's talking about how he, I know who here no, to waffles with once. The chapter before ends with him. He's gone to the recital for his daughter, Sydney, and says over and over again, I wasn't mad. I was having a good time. I thought everything was great. And then he starts the next chapter, the night in question, with the phrase, uh, no, uh, with the phrase. So I killed those people. No, uh, no quite. I was in a lousy mood after the recital. He literally says, people at the trial said I was angry at the recital, but I wasn't. I was in a good mood. Next chapter, first sentence. I was in a lousy mood after the recital. It's like the um, what? The, Ch- the Chappelle show with Rick James. And he's like, why would I ever fuck up their couch? Why would I ever rub my shoes on somebody else's couch? But yes, I remember rubbing my boots <laughs> on that couch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Like This chapter doesn't work with the rest of the book before or after at all. The previous part of the book is he's trying to say, my wife was crazy, and then she was after she left me, she was definitely in with crazy people who were doing drugs. That's what he's trying to say. I was a good guy. She was insane. And then this chapter is like him saying, if I did it, this is the if I did a chapter, but immediately goes into, yeah, so I was really not having a good time and I was really angry. And then my friend Charlie shows up and Charlie says, oh yeah, no, your wife, she's totally doing drugs and stuff. Do you remember what he said that he did? She was like, Charlie's, uh, this Charlie is, once again, the guy at the beginning in the prologue where the ghostwriter is like, you couldn't have done it by yourself. What if there was another person? Let's call him Charlie. And he's like, oh, okay, yeah. So right away we know this person isn't real. Uh, and yet we're supposed to believe he is real here. And Char- what Charlie says to OJ is, hey, man, you know what happened like a few months ago? Uh, Nicole and her druggy friend, we're hanging out with some dudes, and like some stuff happened. I'm not gonna tell you what, but like some stuff happened. And OJ's like, 
I'm going to go over there and scare her with a knife. <laughs> That'll teach her. And which leads to the, in this book of uh, this whole chapter being bullshit in a book, in a bullshit sandwich, the most the infuriating thing is that he gets to the, gets to the place and he, you know, through a series of mishaps and bullshit that doesn't, that didn't actually happen. He blacks out and wakes up with both of them dead. So even in the fictional made up account that he's doing for money, he's still in a book called, if I did it, he still doesn't say what happened. It's almost like, even though he definitely did it, it's, it's almost like it, his confession isn't believable. Yeah. It, like, because at first he talks about, oh, it's my friend Charlie came over and said, my, my wife was doing this stuff. And so then he came with me to the house when I mur- was going to murder them. And then he goes, and then he doesn't actually talk about murdering them. He just says, and then I woke up. It was like a bad dream. And there was blood everywhere. It's like, wh- wh- this isn't believable either. Yeah. It's it's so stupid. It's so stupid. It makes me angry. It is. The whole it's called first, if I did it, and we still don't know. The whole I mean, first of part of the book was him saying, "Oh, my wife was a bit was a bitch and was like you know involved with people who were doing drugs." And then there's the if I did a chapter, and he basically says something, but he doesn't really admit to doing it, or more like it's not even believable. Even though Barbara Walters said it was chilling, but. That was bullshit. Uh, uh, it says, yeah, it was, but that's not even believable. And then when he, afterward, the next chapter, when he says, oh, yeah, and then they called me and said she was dead. I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, my God, I was so angry. It's like he admitted to it without, but it's also not believable. But in the in the murder chapter, he was on and on. All of a sudden, he turns into a character from Pulp Fiction. He's like, shut the fuck up, Charlie. Say the words. We're going to get through this. We're going to, you're going to listen to what I say. And Charlie's there to just be some like dopey guy who's like, oh, I'm scared, OJ. He's the guy who took the knife and threw it into the sun or something. I don't know. (laughs) He said, you get rid of this. Make sure no one ever finds it. And he's like, okay, OJ, don't, please don't hurt me. He's like, (laughs) not unless you rent a car. But then. But that, that that goes on. All of a sudden, OJ snaps into fixer mode, and he's like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to park my car over here. I'm going to go in there and incinerate these clothes or whatever the fuck it is. Then, I'm gonna, then I have a limo driver who's been sitting in front of my house for 17 days, and I'm going to finally get in that car. Did you notice how like that limo driver was in front of OJ's house for a really long time? Yeah, well, he, like, he, was, he had to take a flight to Chicago to go report on the, the, the sports. The Browns or whatever the fuck, yeah. No, no, the Browns. Oh. This confused me too. The Browns were Nicole's parents. They lived in Chicago <laughs> because the the team is the Cleveland Browns. Like that's the Chicago's not the Browns. But yeah, that was also very confusing. I'm so glad I didn't just embarrass myself in asserting that they were the Cincinnati Browns because I would believe that too. That's the but Cincinnati that's the Bengals. The Bengals, yes. It's, it's named weird that they the, named them the that. ethnic enclave there. <laughs> of, of Bengali people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very odd. <laughs> So he's like, all right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go take a really long shower and a dump, and then I'm going to take a flight to Chicago to do a golf tournament. I got to poop all my fingerprints off. And then, oh, God, and then it goes to a chapter where you get the impression that OG's trying to somehow cash in, of course, 
but clear his name throughout the book. Yeah. Right? That's like the whole thing. Like, Nicole's bad. And then he and he has a thing about the the wound on his finger from when he got it from filleting two people. But he's like, I don't know where that came from. Maybe it was from shaving or something. And he puts the entire transcript of him with the police afterwards. And oh, I'm like, yeah. so OJ, how'd you, how'd you get your hand cut up? And he's like, I don't know. And that, that never happened. I'm mean, like, your hand has blood. You have a hole in your hand right now, sir. There's blood all over your driveway from it's your There's blood hand in, your, in your Bronco. And he's like, really? Broncos have blood? And like, he's a fucking, the worst criminal. But that did have like, oh. one of my favorite exchanges in the entire book also. <laughs> oh, do you, please. You remember why he, it's like, I have a gun in my car. It's like, why, why do you have a gun? I like, oh, well, I think you mean it's in his grip. It was yeah, but he had he had a gun in the car because he said recently he was surrounded oh, yeah. by cars full of quote Orientals, Orientals. <laughs> that were trying to to do something to him, like they were surrounding his car and trying to they get were, at him. They and were then trying they drove to carjack him by Tokyo drifting. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> Orientals. This is nineteen ninety five. That was a hundred percent acceptable. Like, dude, there's a bunch of bunch of Orientals trying to take my car, and they're like, "Yeah, they're taking everything these days." <laughs> this is the, the 90s. Japanese bought the Empire State Building, <laughs> <laughs> but he throws it out there, and the cops they don't flinch. They're like, "Yep, that'll that rookie move, OJ." <laughs> <laughs> so his solution was, "I'll get a Magnum and keep it under my seat." In case they try to do their karate on me. (laughs) He said, you know, if you ask the guys at the mall, I told them about it, but I didn't file a report, but they'll remember because I'm famous and shit. Who buys a fucking 357 Magnum at a mall in Los Angeles? Can you use a different time, Jimmy? (laughs) (laughs) It's almost gun-friendly state. I also felt like reading this, like, wow, L.A. is a crazy place. Yeah, right. And we what complain the about the subway. You know what? LA's nuts. Yeah, I've never been attacked by car ninjas. <laughs> I love that. But but his his whole, he's cashing in this celebrity, right? Don't worry. There's two cops. I don't know their names. I didn't file any paperwork, but they'll remember I told them about that time that a Chinaman tried to take my car. And they're like, okay, we'll look into that. There was that one, like, actually he thinks funny that's thing real. when, like, Nicole is on the, with 911, and they're like, she's like, my husband is out in the driveway, and he's yelling, he's very upset, he's hitting my car, he's like, what does he look like? He's like, he looks like O.J. Simpson. He's O.J. Simpson. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the juice? Really? Yeah. Is he, is he, is he wearing a jersey? <laughs> so this one doesn't really even do the trial at all. Which, honestly, Thank I was kind God. of glad for, because I didn't want to read any more of it. Uh, I do also like the part where he gets mad at Dan, rather. <laughs> 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 Which, didn't Dan Rather make up something about Bush? There was something with Bush and Dan Rather, like a documents thing about the there, National Guard. There was a, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a report that... Dan rather reported on some some sort of like documents which later turned out to be fictional, like they were doctored reports or they were somehow like it's play not plagiarized. Um, people had made stuff up. Yeah. They were fabricated. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. They were fabricated reports, but Dan rather used them and didn't know they're fabricated. And when it came out, they're fabricated. He had to resign. 
he had to be like, well, okay, I guess I guess that was it for me. Isn't he still alive? alive? Yeah, he's still doing shit. They but brought like him back. OJ, but, but, that, but he had to resign from like CBS 60 News. Minutes. 60, 60 Minutes. 60 Minutes. Yeah, there you go. But, but he's, he's a part where he's in, it's in the fucking, uh, the car chase seat, and he's like, I hear Dan Rather's voice on the radio. <laughs> And he's like, we have now learned that the police have been to Mr. Simpson's house six or seven times in domestic abuse. And he goes, what the fuck, motherfucker? <laughs> How dare but you I say things that happened? And AC, the guy that we never really, I don't really know who he was, but he was driving the Bronco, apparently. It's Mario Lopez, AC Slater. Oh, that's right. And um, he's about to have a sack attack. He's like, but I wasn't listening to him. I was listening, listening to more of Dan Rather's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's the point when he's so angry and and despondent that he's going to shoot himself in the head until he decides he's too angry at Dan Rather to kill himself. Yeah. Dan Rather Rather, saved OJ. He saved him. (laughs) You should say thank you. And you know I thank you to Dan Rather. I know that the whole the whole like car chase thing happened. I don't really understand any of it. I never looked into it. And after reading this account of it, I still don't know what really happened. It was the most boring shit ever, but there was no there was no internet porn yet. So people were just like, we're watching this shit. Like, he was supposed to turn himself in, and instead they took the scenic route for like a while and had a really low-speed car chase. Like They obeyed the speed limit. <laughs> <laughs> and then eventually he pulled over in front of his house and was like, all right, you could arrest me now. It was really dumb. So then he's like, then he goes and he's like, I would never, I never killed her. And he goes to the funeral. He's like, I'm so sad that she's gone. I can't believe she's gone. That woman I just killed. Uh, but, but not in this book because he, no. every chapter after he murders them is like, he's acting like he didn't. Every, yeah, every chapter but the murder chapter, he never did yeah. anything. And in that chapter, they introduce this other guy who didn't do anything. He just like buzzed OJ into it because there's this whole thing with like OJ's fucking secret path. Like it's if he's playing manhunt in his backyard. He's like, I know a secret route and he could go into his tennis court from someone else's yard or some shit. Yeah. Because they have a common driveway. I don't I didn't really understand it. And then they disturb Kato Kalen, who was one of the real vil- uh, victims of this. Because that guy's name is synonymous with slacker bum piece of shit. <laughs> And I want to say that was wrong. deserved, though. It's like, I mean, what he was he doing? He was in basketball. Well, a big part of the... <laughs> but that was already post-OJ trial. Yeah, it was. And he wasn't even but, in a big part. <laughs> but, like, Nicole gets him that spot somehow. Hey, OJ, can this guy live free and clear in your guest house? And because like, she, he was living with her and the kids. Mm. And OJ was like, I don't want that weird bum living with you and the kids. And she's like, oh, it's, he's nice. And he's like, well, find him a place. So he like, tries to find him a place, and he gives up immediately. Just, just live in my guest house forever. I'm going to go do a murder. Don't tell anyone. Yeah, let's get some McDonald's so you could help be my cover story in the worst planned murder. Yeah, someone's like, hey, can you break 100? It's like, no, I'm living in your house for free, sir. Fine. But then he borrows $20 from Kato by <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> Never breaks the 100. <laughs> And he never gave him that 20 back, I bet. You know what? That one I'm going to be on OJ's side for. Yeah. That guy wasn't paying rent. okay. There's another part where the guy's like, hey, OJ, I'm going to go go in your jacuzzi. Is that cool? And OJ makes a clear point of, hey, he never turned off the jacuzzi. 
<laughs> like you fucked it up. He was a shitty house guest, Cater Kalen. Yeah. Who never did anything. Like, the guy's whole life has just been any casting call. Like, wasn't that that guy that lived at OJ's? Like that guy's <laughs> whole life is that. Also, in a with the weirdest coincidence that's ever happened, Nicole's dog. Do you know what his, the dog's name it's was? Named Cato. It was named Cato. And it's like, <laughs> she was a wait super a minute. libertarian. I have literally <laughs> heard this name one time before. It's Cato Kalen. She, she turns the, on him in the book. She hates Cato yeah, Kalen the man. Like, why is he still here? <laughs> there can be only one. Yeah. <laughs> so then it ends. And OG is like, she died and I didn't do it. That was terrible. But if I did it, I didn't talk about it. And then there's a chap. Then there's a brief thing. It's not that from, brief. It's not that brief. I didn't read these two extra parts because I was oh, like, there missed out on dumb. nothing. Well, wait. Is it two? There's there's two. One is by Dominic Dunn. Oh yeah. Who his was really brief. One is he? He's like the he's like a he's a crime reporter that the judge allowed to be in the in the courtroom every day. Um, he was like a victim's right advocate kind of criminal. Well, because his reporter. daughter, his daughter was murdered. She was the oldest daughter in Polter, the original Poltergeist movie. Dominique Dunn. That was. That, oh, that's that, his kid. Yeah, who oh, she got murdered by her boyfriend. So he he became a victim's rights advocate, which is you know very important uh, thing. But then somehow he got like, you know, basically the luxury box for the, the OG judge trial. put him up front. Because all the other reporters, because every reporter wants to, in the world wants to be on this case, every reporter is like pushing for seats and they like rotate. But the judge gave this guy a seat up front with the family because he knew that this guy wouldn't constantly harangue the family like all the other reporters probably would. I have heard, not from this book, but I have heard it said that you know, critics of uh, the OJ trial, because a lot of people have been like, what the fuck went wrong? How did they miss that? Like, how did they not get a guilty verdict? The glove didn't fit. Well, and I, mean, I like in the in the in the if I did it murder scenario he says he says I took my glove off and grabbed the knife like what <laughs> what you have what to feel how the does glove. that detail help the either good, way good what are you talking about Charlie held the glove <laughs> <laughs> but uh, people have been trying to find like, who fucked that up you know was it the prosecutors that were cocky or stupid was it the inveterate racist Mark Furman who ruined everything who's Mark Furman uh, Mark Furman was one the of the cop. detectives. Who found something, but he basically they had a tape of him saying the N word as if it was the only word he knew. <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, and they caught him though when they were like, "Have you ever said that word?" And he was like, "Never." And then they play the tape, and it's like, "Holy shit, this is like that that song." But it, but then he came back. I understand it. He just did the Fifth Amendment every time. <laughs> It's like, I will assert my Fifth Amendment privilege. It just said that like a hundred times. Mm. So they were able to Cochrane and et al were able to to spin that into their their theory of the case that it was a conspiracy to frame OJ based on this by was like right after cops. Rodney King, right? I feel like that was like ninety one uh, or ninety two. I mean, it was close enough. There was yeah, definitely in racism in the mind. LAPD was not. Uh, oh yeah, it was not. It was not a issue. fantasy, sure. But in this, this case, was, yeah. uh, that was bullshit because OJ killed those people. <laughs> Dana, Dana Carvey had a really funny thing about it at the time. He was like, "As if everybody got in on framing OJ." They were like, "Hey, we're framing OJ. You in? Hey, 
we're framing OJ. Framing OJ. We're framing OJ. It's like <laughs> everyone got in on, we're framing OJ. This is our chance. And everybody got involved. And everybody played a small role to frame OJ. But that was where Mark Furman came in. I don't know where I was going with this. But um, yeah, then the, the Dominic Don guy, I saw how real, he said it out loud. He named it, his name was Dominic. And he named his daughter Dominique. Not creative. Um, <laughs> and then he did have one of the weirdest written sentences in the book when he talks about sitting next to Kim Goldman, who was Ron Goldman's sister, I think. Yeah. And he goes, what a wonderful, young, heartbroken woman she was. I feel like... That's odd. That's, that's an odd phrase. No commas, by the way. What a wonderful, young, heartbroken woman she was. Doesn't that sound weird? It is an odd sentence, yeah, for a professional writer. Like, she's a wonderful, heartbroken woman. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's like a list. You could take one of them out. <laughs> like, what? This guy's a pro writer. He got, he got good seats for this trial, and that's what he turns out. And then there's a whole thing about the legal haranguing, uh, wrangling. rather. But the best part was the lawyer that OJ had later on to represent his fake fucking trust, whose name was Tappan Z. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, like the fucking bridge? That was their real name. <laughs> it's a, a lawyer named Tappan Z. And, and like even, it says, uh, where is it? Um, Simpson even brought in separate counsel to represent LBA. That's his fucking bullshit comp- uh, corporation. A lawyer named Tappan Z. We were in court one day and everyone... Even the judge said the same thing. You mean like the bridge? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just uh, hallucinating reading that part. Yeah. So ultimately... Ultimately, uh, he uh, killed his wife and that guy. He killed his wife and that guy. There was another good uh, Norm MacDonald, O.J. Simpson joke. It was when he hosted like the ESPYs in like 1997 or something like that. You know, So it was pretty recent. And I forget which who won the Heisman Trophy that year, which O.J. Simpson also won. And he said, hey, you won the Heisman Trophy. No one can ever take that away from you. Unless you kill your ex-wife and a waiter, then they could probably take it away from you. <laughs> <laughs> and you see all the, like, half the people in the crowd are like, oh, that's the funniest shit I've ever heard of. They're like, not too soon, dude. So um, that's the book. What did you guys think? I, I can't. I picked this, and I can't believe how bad it was. <laughs> it was it so was bad. That bad. <laughs> I think. Okay, you tell me what you think. I think I should have just picked this as a punishment book. It was that bad. Honestly, like when you picked like Eye of Argon, like it's bad, but it's like funny. So I like actually enjoyed reading it. I hated every second of this. This sucked so much. I found it really fun to read this because it was so ridiculous and so transparently bullshit. It's like it's like being inside the head of a truly delusional narcissist. Like you have to believe you have to wonder like does he actually believe this? He might be fucking crazy at this point. I bet he is. I bet. I mean, listen, he stopped playing professional football forty years ago. Yeah, or longer. And did he make it into? He might have. He might have played like eighty one or eighty two or something like that. He's. He's an old man, He's in his mid seventies. I mean, even at the time of writing this, he was crazy. But he also has lived in a weird space for a long time. Yeah, 
of like that that rarefied celebrity place where nobody ever contradicts you or tells you no. That's not you know. No, being that's surrounded by yes men with infinite money breaks you as a person. Totally, and when you're also you know a murderer, that doesn't help. <laughs> doesn't help, no. But like even I've, if even if this book was like well written, which it was not. No, the, the ghostwriter still be bad because it doesn't even fulfill its own title. So fuck. I hated it. There were long chapters that were just the police report that were just the police uh the, the trans- interrogation. interrogation. Yeah. It was like it was only 200 pages and that's with this extra stuff. And now really I want to say the ghostwriter wrote a grand total of 110 pages. I hope he build a good amount per page because uh, they usually do a flat fee up front. Well, then he right, made so out he like might a have actually, Yeah, he he may have he actually got paid for his work. Probably he made a killing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, yeah, was this better or worse than Spare? Oh, Ooh, more fun. I think it I was mean, actually worse. Yeah, it was much shorter than worse. So way less whining though. Spare was annoying, but this was definitely worse. I, I, you know what? I wish there was a passage about him talking about how his ball cream smelled like his mother, though. That would have really spiced this up. Like in Spare. Like, mm-hmm. The Elizabeth Arden cream smelled like mummy on my schmeckle. What do you fucking call it? <laughs> my Todger. <laughs> Todger. <laughs> my chili Todger. <laughs> uh, this, this was, I had more fun reading this because Spare was so tedious and so drawn out like he had to go through every time he killed an afghani <laughs> civilian by accident or whatever it was he kind of glossed over those he did it's true <laughs> i don't remember the details anymore but this was short and i really enjoyed it because i was laughing a lot I'm like what a fucking lunatic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I i read it i enjoyed it of saying like oh my god this is gonna be fun to to talk about it's, it's absolutely one of the strangest things i've read it's it's just the idea of the book is so interesting. It's so insane weird. that no one could have thought of this that was a reasonable person. And in the end, he still didn't even do that. He didn't do the thing that the book was supposed to do. If he actually wrote a book where he did it in more than one chapter, that would at least be a little more consistent. <sighs> Most of the book was him trying to say, I didn't do it. Yeah. But then the book is called If I Did It. And in the chapter, when he basically <laughs> says, I did it, it's also not well written, so it's not believable. He just, he goes to do a, like a, a, he astral projects for a second, and he wakes up, and he's like, I'm covered in blood, and there's two dead white people here. What the fuck happened, Charlie? And Charlie's like, oh, man, OJ, that was, oh, shit, dude. <laughs> and that's the chapter. <laughs> and you get, and OJ's like, all right, damage control. Time to get rid of everything. All the evidence. The money shot was denied. That's really the problem. Everybody yeah. wanted to understand what happened. It was a fucking horrible, brutal murder. And everybody and people are fucking weird. And and we want to we want to see those things, but like not too close. It's why you slow down after a, you know a car accident and you slow down and you look. That's what yeah. this was. But this time you could slow down and see OJ's dead wife. Like, shit, that's way more interesting. I still like the naked gun, though. It's still great. 
I, st- I think it was the third one when he has the fro so big he can't in the flashback. In the flashback, he can't yeah. get through a door. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the scene where the Anna Nicole's hooker stand-in told him his wife was getting into mischief. <laughs> I like to imagine that he's wearing the fro when she told him that. <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie Nielsen is right there next to him, making fart noises with his fucking. His little fart button. Pocket, his yeah. fart button that he would do during interviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I had a bad piece of salmon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> One of the greatest things that's ever happened. <laughs> Dude, do you go back and watch that? I, mean, I still think it's funny, but I am surprised that people have not been critical. The big joke at the end of Anna Nicole Smith's character is so hot is that it's a man. <laughs> Right, and she pulls out. You see the oh, silhouette. Got a huge dick, yeah. She pulls out a giant cock. It looks like fucking Gonzo's nose. <laughs> 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 and Leslie Nielsen's like, "Oh, gross penis." <laughs> Maybe it's because it was been so funny. He's like, "Oh God, that penis doesn't look okay." Yeah, it's like a candy cane. It is. A, it is. A, it is a not a natural shape. A movie's. Uh, that I mean that that movie also featured a character whose name was like Pap Smear. So. Pap Smear was, yeah, he was the bad guy. <laughs> All he cared about was women's health, though. It's really... <laughs> and blowing up the Oscars. <laughs> so, this guy looks like Phil Donahue. <laughs> so uh, who should read the book? Let's get to that. Most important. No, uh, the jury from the OJ trial. <laughs> <laughs> so they can see what they let get away. You did this to us. Get your shit together, people. Were you fucking high? Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. Were they, really maybe understand. they were smoking drugs with with OJ's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Doing all smoking all that cocaine. Is that how it works? Yeah. I like uh, one of the people at the end. I forget which one it was. Talked about how the jurors came and they already had their bags packed. Like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I don't know what's going to happen. I have to leave the country right now. <laughs> it's a wild thing. And this book didn't help it at all. This book was a bad thing. So well I done, I think this mate. book made me stupider. <laughs> well, you wanted punishment books. Yeah. I no should have just made it a punishment book. Well, now you'd got to punish us Now I twice. have to think of something new. Fuck. <laughs> See, we recycled old ones. You went for the gold, and you won. You won the poll this month. But we used old reject ones. Well, he did, too. Uh, no, you and I did. I don't think Nate... Yeah, this, was one of think... his, this is one of his B-sides. Yep. Was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Right. I didn't think it would be this bad. I actually thought it would be interesting. It turns well, out it wasn't. was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's if there's going to be some like very literary I passages. The bad thing about it would be OJ admitting to the murder, but that he got away with. No, turns out somehow it's so much neither worse. Neither of those. It's so much worse than that. that and that's he the didn't one do, part we wanted. And he didn't do that in the book. So, like, it's way worse. He's murder edging us. I don't like that. I don't like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at drunkguysbc, or we will probably not stab you. Allegedly. Uh, And follow us on Instagram and (laughs) Facebook? 
at Drunk Guys Book Club, I think. And uh, we have a face. We have a Patreon, hypothetically, uh, Patreon at Comps of Drunk Guys Book Club, where you can give us real money for real things, real and, virtual uh, things. We, we will probably will always return your sunglasses if you leave them there. And find us on Goodreads, where we did do it. <laughs> you can see what we did read. <laughs> if I read it, look at the things we have done. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.